this is the time of year that everybody is either doing leisure travel or they're going back home. And some people are doing a bit of both. And let me just start off by saying you people that say, you know what, fuck Thanksgiving with the family, fuck Christmas with the family, or fuck being alone for the holidays. I don't want to take a two-hour American Airlines flight and then have a layover somewhere and then another 90-minute flight. Fuck that. I'm going to Costa Rica. Fuck that. I'm going to Mexico. I respect you. I respect that. And what I really respect is if you tell the family, you know what, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one major holiday during the winter, and then I'm going to take one for myself and travel somewhere. I respect that. You know, like you, you got to do the self-care and you got to do what's for you. But this is the time a lot of people are coming back. I came back uh, to Oakland from L.A. for Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's, I don't know how other people feel about, like, going back home, going back to their parents' crib, going back to a place where they have a lot of history. Me, myself, I fucking hate it. I don't like it. <laughs> what it is is because, like, when I came back from New- when I came back from New York to Oakland, and I thought I was just gonna be there for like a week and a half. Like it was, it was. It's kind of fun because it's like, oh, I know I'm not gonna be here a long time, and this is like a real kind of. You know, it's not like I'm doing a victory lap because there's nothing to celebrate, obviously. But I was like, okay, cool. This my birthday is gonna be a quick little thing, and then I'm gonna be right back. So I thought, and I did the thing that you you always do when you come back. You slide in the DMs. You you, you text old phone numbers like, hey, what's up? What's going on with you? Especially being newly single. I was like, oh, we gonna get a <laughs> nigga. We gonna get a home court rebound. <laughs> that, that was my thinking, right? So I go through, do the process, contact the women, you know, blah, 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 blah. doesn't matter how I met them. You, you know how I met them if you listen to this enough. And let me just say, like, when you were coming, I noticed a difference because I've lived in L.A. and New York and hit girls up like, honey, I'm home. <laughs> and there's a major difference in how your bitch I'm back is perceived. Cause like when you when I would come up from LA and hit a girl up like it, it it has some it has some sheen on it it'd be like oh, okay you doing shows out there like yeah I was just at the comedy store and I'm doing this and I got this audition and blah 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 then you kind of make yourself sound a little bit more busier than you are because that's what you got to do when you're trying to fuck somebody that you've never fucked before so you, you do all that shit and like oh that's cool so you're doing it oh wow that's cool that's cool but at the same time if you like going back to the bay and like from LA and trying to like fuck a girl. It's still this kind of thing like, oh, so you're back here. So how long are you here for? It's like, so what are, so yeah, it's kind of a crazy place. Never really cared for it myself. But I noticed the effect was different when I'm like, yeah, um, I'm in New York and I'm coming back. Ooh, 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 oh, oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? Like, it's it was more like this, man, it's like, you got to travel across the country, you're going to be here for a minute, you're going to do your sh- and then, okay, so what else are you going to do, what else are you going to do, well, I think I'm going to take you out, oh, really, so where are we going, it's a different effect, my nigga, it's a different effect, because the thing is, it's like, what, <clears throat> it's, it's more difficult to move across the country, but then you're also like in the mecca of stand-up comedy, and, you know, I don't want to say the mecca of entertainment, but, we certainly can say the mecca of live entertainment, you know, with Broadway and all that type of shit. So, 
Anyways, that's that. So there's one DM I slid in, uh, got hit with, sorry, I have a boyfriend, and I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck do I say it like that? Still sorry, I won't fuck you. <laughs> I think I say it like that because it's not mean, but it's annoying, which is like when a woman like hits you with a, like a, a woman respectfully tells you she has a boyfriend. It's like, but when a girl hits you with the, yeah, you're just not my type. Then I got to do like the bitchy voice. I'm like, you can't just lie and say you have a boyfriend. But you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like police women for how they tell me they don't want to fuck me because they can say they have a boyfriend and I can be like, I have goldfish. I thought we were talking about shit that doesn't matter. Oh, 2009. <laughs> like I could do, like, so I'm just like, you know what? Let me just let him know that he could. I don't even want to check in from this nigga. So, you know, I'm not going to police how women tell me. They don't want to fuck me. But anyways, <coughs> blah, blah, go to L.A., you know the rest, come up for Thanksgiving. And one thing about the holidays, I'm going to get into it later, but I really, really like going to a bar during the holidays. It's, it's just fucking fun. So, which I'll unpack later. But I, I like drinking like right before and after Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'm at one. It's after a show. And I'm like, all right, let me um let me go hit this spot up for one real quick. And one girl who's the sorry, I have a boyfriend. She spots me. I don't spot her because I'm looking at the bartender and the selection of drinks, and it, it was kind of like one of those times where it's like, I just wanted to go out and have a drink, but I didn't really want to talk to anybody that I know, which is which is my thing about going back to Oakland is like, I don't like how just you can't go anywhere without somebody knowing you, without somebody like, hey, hey, and it's like, because you know what it is? It's not no local celebrity shit. I mean, some might be like, yeah, sometimes you get somebody that's... And I don't even want to call them a fan because it's, well, it's not like they came to a bunch of my shows. They saw me like once or twice when there's no fucking cover. And then it's it's kind of like the the thing in the... If you saw the Kevin Hart true story on Netflix, the guy on the airplane that's like that does uh, Kevin's material for him, it's, it's kind of like that. But then it's like obnoxious because it's Oakland and it's a bar and it's a lot of weird conversations you're just not trying to have. So anyways... She spots me, comes over, and she's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, hey, what's going on? Good. And she, she like, introduces herself because I kind of forgot, and she could tell. And she, she she works in service industry, so, like, she gets it. And then I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? And then she's like, uh, I should introduce you. And I'm like, no, the fuck you shouldn't. And then she walks over there, and I'm like, yes, I got to walk over there. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And she's with this guy. And God, I did not like this guy's energy. And you know what? You know what? That's like a real millennial cop out for when we say like, oh, I didn't like their energy. I just didn't like their energy. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Because if we're going to be honest, sometimes it's like, you know, maybe you're sexist because there's some women that just don't like masculine men. There are some men that just don't like women that they don't give out sexual energy, you know, or a, a sexual energy they like. Because sometimes it is just straight bias when you don't like their energy. So let me say why I didn't like this guy. I, I don't, I didn't like this guy because I felt like he was kind of ready to hold court. He was talking a little too much. His questions were very basic. 
And he felt like there's certain people where they have a lot of power in their world and they transfer that perceived power to worlds where they're just another asshole in. So what I mean is like, there are certain, there are people that like just be killing it and work in finance. And then it's like, okay, we don't give a fuck about that. There are girl bosses, you know, where it's like, yeah, I have my own job, I have my own money. And then I do this on the side, I sell this and I'm paying off this and that. And my credit is great. And I work out and I do Pilates and they are very put together on paper. But sometimes they're fucking bitches. They're just like, they make rude remarks. They say just rude, hurtful shit that isn't necessary. And they want to have their cake and eat it. And if you say, if you give them that energy back, they're like, oh, is it because I'm a woman that's not scared? Of no, it's because you're a fucking bitch. You're a fucking asshole, you know? And there are guys that like the, the, the crypto boys that like kill it with on, with the stocks and, and all that shit. And they kill it on Robin Hood. And they think like, I am. And it's like, nigga, like, we, we don't care if you made like fucking 40 grand in two months. Like, can you chill the fuck out? So... He had that sort of energy. So I get to talking to the guy, and it turns out he like he runs four, four bars. And she's like, oh, this is Lyle. He's a comedian. He's funny. And he's like, oh, well, some people tell me I'm funny. I, I don't think I'm funny. And I'm like, you know, and she's like, yeah, he runs like four bars. Like, yeah, I run four bars. I'm like, oh, that's probably why they laugh at your jokes. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he he did a, a, a real dick on the table thing I just didn't like. And then he called me he called me out for it. So what he did, a dick on the table thing with a guy is you order you order them around to drinks. And you don't ask what they'd like. You just get them what you're having. That is like a real punk ass dick on the table move. It's kind of like a dick out the ass and then you put it on the table. It's like, I, I don't respect that. So he's like, he's like, oh, let's get two daiquiris and then two, um, two shots of, of something. And then he hands me a daiquiri, and then he has a daiquiri, and I'm like, I take a sip. I'm like, oh, God, I am not fucking drinking a daiquiri with another man in November that I assume is fucking some girl or dating some girl that I tried to get some pussy from, like, you know, three, four months ago. <clears throat> so I take one sip, I'm like, okay, cool. And then he's like, you know, it's like the conversation, it's, it's a little passive, it's high on the aggressive thing, and then she, like, scoots away, so he's closer to me, and I'm like, why the fuck am I here? Like, I'm like, why did this bitch come over and then drag me over? I don't want to have this fucking conversation. Like, oh, he looks sad. I said, I like being, I like being alone sometimes, you know? I'm gonna talk about the times I don't like being alone later, but this was a time I was perfectly fine being alone and having one of those I chat with the bartender, but I'm not like the sad old lonely guy, but I'm, you know, I just talk about alcohol with her. I wanted to have that conversation. <laughs> like, and, you know, it was one of those bartenders too, where it's like, she knew what she needed to get the tips. Like she, she kept putting both her hands on my hand and she was, it was like, all right, you working me, you working me the right way. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and take this attention and, you know, maybe try to whatever. So I'm having this conversation with the guy, and then what I say when he calls me out, then I just put the daiquiri down and I order another drink, and then I'm I'm like, uh, what's up? You want some? He's like, damn, buy you a drink, you don't finish it. I say, you don't even ask me what I want. You got me this sweet shit. What the fuck? 
It's like you are not gonna act like your feelings are hurt because because a grown man don't want to drink a daiquiri with you. And I, I was just very upset with the like because <clears throat> you know there's certain drinks where if you are gonna play that like dick on the table card in a bar and you're gonna be like, oh let me let me get you a drink. You try to fuck my girl and she's talking about how funny you are. Like it's certain drinks where it's like that I don't drink, but I'd, I'd feel like the, the masculine peer pressure to say, fuck it, like scotch, whiskey. Uh, you know, Hennessy is a cultural thing. And there's like this new revolution of black people that are just like, I don't fuck with Hennessy because there's a bad history of niggas like fucking their career or their lives up off Hennessy. It's like, we know Tupac in Vegas when he rushed Orlando Anderson. We know he was off Hennessy. Kanye, when he went up with Taylor Swift, he had the bottle of Hennessy. There's a long history of niggas just, you know, fucking themselves up off Hennessy. Ray J, when he called the Breakfast Club and gave them their first viral moment, it was like, yeah, we gonna have Fabulous, and then the homies gonna fuck him up the ass. No disrespect to the homosexuals, but we gonna get that nigga. And he, he called him a, a, a homophobic slut. It was really fucking funny. Because he kept saying, no disrespect to the gay homies. <laughs> but the gay homies gonna fuck him up the ass. <laughs> And right, it was like, man, I was off Hennessy. We know what Hennessy does, so it's different. But um, you know, if a nigga bring out some Douce, you know I'm drinking that. Like I, 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 I love me some Douce. But you, you bring out some Douce, some, some, you, you, you need some Remy. Like you know, uh, Remy, if the energy's right, I stay. You know what it is? I stay away from cognac when I feel like there's an air of shit could go down at any moment. And I'm like, no, you niggas ain't fucking going to have me not about my wits. Like, I'll drink, but I'm not going to drink shit that's going to take me to the level that I feel like you niggas may be trying to be on. And that level is some bullshit. That level is some confrontation. <coughs> so anyways, I, I was just real annoyed that it's like, th that it was just such like a sissy vacation drink. Like... You know, you know, I just asked her if she wanted to grab a drink. I didn't ask her if she wanted to buy a condo, you know, on, on the shore in Florida, right? Like, we don't need to be drinking this, you know? So I just felt like trying to out-masculine me. And then me, I was kind of looking for an out. And I said, this is how passive it got. I said, um, yeah, I'm not really trying to talk to her right now because I asked her out. And she told me she had a boyfriend. And I assumed he could have been a boyfriend. I didn't know. Uh, this... The girl was very small, and the dude was bigger than me. So I was like, eh, this could be a thing. He could be trying. I don't know. And he says, ah, who gives a fuck about a boyfriend? Fuck him. And I said, I don't move like that. <laughs> but it's also true. I don't move like that. I don't, I don't like doing the let me keep trying anyways because, first off, it's a thing where it's like when you break up with a chick, like the thought of her doing shit with other people even if you done even if like y'all wasn't fucking a lot on whatever the situation may be it hurts and then if you guys live together oh nigga like this place that you owe me rent money for you fucking sucking dick and eating pussy and doing all this fucking threesomes and doing all that type of shit in a place that i'm technically still fucking paying for Ooh, that hurts but <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but there's a thing where it's like, even if somebody is with, it's like, I wouldn't want somebody doing that to my girl and just not fucking leaving her alone. 
And it's like, I don't, it's just like, if somebody's not available, they're not available. Fuck it. So he's like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, you should try anyways. Fuck it. And I'm like, I feel like this nigga kind of retroactively wants to like start some shit with me. So, and like, I gave him that out and I'm just like, I don't want to be here. And then he's like, no, God, come here anyways. And then she comes back and then they're talking. And then I'm like, I just, I just scooted the fuck out. I, I think I may have bought them around just to be like, hey, hey, all love. All right, get the fuck away from me. You know, but I, uh, yeah, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't like fucking being back in Oakland. I think he, I think also with just like being back home is you got to know if there's still shit there for you. You know what I'm saying? Because I think like the thing, like when you do leave a place that you lived, you can be quickly reminded. And I think this is like one reason why the holidays can be so rough on motherfuckers is when you are forced to go back home and then you're just reminded, this is why I don't fucking like this place. This is why I don't want to fucking be here. And then, but then you're around the shit for like five, six, seven days. <clears throat> However long you decide to go back. And you're like, damn, I'm like, and, and like, it's, it's extra rough if like, you know, the family dinner, the family get together, there's some like drama there. And then it's like added drama when you just like go outside and you just kind of want to be a regular person or you just want like a little bit of young people, young adult nightlife. Anyways. Yeah, going home can be a motherfucker. So like, yeah, this is why you drink. But then you go like, God, I don't even want to fucking drink outside. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly I'm clearly very disgruntled. Basically, what I'm saying is like, I, I don't like these. I don't like weird conversations. And, you know, just just because, you know, somebody doesn't mean you got to say hi. I'm a big, you know what I'm really good at? There's this one comedian I really like. Uh, and I like him because every time I see him in public, we just head nod and keep it moving. His name is Roman Leo, uh, Bay Area comedian. And I see Roman Leo, like, I see him out with his family. And then I'm just like, what's up? At bar, what's up? He's seen me out with, like, women on dates on the train. What's up? What's up? We just keep walking. It's the best shit ever. There's no stopping chat. There's no, like, we got to keep doing more. It, it's like... You know, we just we just out. I don't like forced interactions. Oh yeah, that was another thing with that shit, right? Was he he was standing in the middle between me and the girl, and I was like, "Can I be the middle?" Because like I don't. I know her. I don't really know. This is, I, I don't like you being the middle. And he said, oh, you saw that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm? And I said, yes, I have. I'm using a pop culture reference to describe some shit I'm not uncomfortable with when I got dragged over here. Yes, that is what I'm doing. <laughs> you ever have somebody, like, call you out? Like, you make a, a, a pop culture reference, it's, like, good, and then you say, like, and then they kind of, like, they don't look at you like, oh, you stole it, but they look at you like, you unoriginal motherfucker. And I'm like, what's the difference if I fucking reference Larry? Da but it's like, if I reference, like, Socrates or Aristotle, I'm, like, some super smart nigga just because nobody else is doing it. But if I get my reference from some an episode of a TV show that happened 
like a week ago. I'm not a smart. Okay, whatever. Or, or it's like I'm looked at as like kind of tainted. Anyways. Anyways, f- fuck going back. This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Barrett. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today, we're going to unpack why everybody is so boozy, horny, stressed, depressed during the holidays. You seasonal depression niggas, I got you. I got one right here for the sad boys, all right? This, I'm, look, I'm not a sad boy gang, but um, I ain't going to lie. Season four of this pod is kind of leaning that way. <laughs> It's real, like, but but I'm still a real nigga, so it's kind of more like me against the world than it is like some kid cutting shit. But anyways, uh, <laughs> look, we gonna get into all that. Uh, we gonna get into uh, you know just everything that you feel November, December, family, and all that type of bullshit. Hope you guys enjoy the show and be well. If I were to rate my favorite to least favorite seasons of the year to drink, it probably goes like this. Winter, number one. It's cold. It's when the year kind of starts to slow down. And we'll get more into that later, but emotions are on the strong end often. It's festive. A lot of stuff is built around food and being around people that you normally wouldn't see throughout the year. And what better... To pair with annoying people in food than alcohol. <laughs> Next is fall. It's junior winter. My birthday is in September. I don't care if you say September 19th is, you know, fucking like, well, technically it's still summer. Like, are leaves falling? Okay. <laughs> is the air getting a little crisp? Then it's fucking fall. All right. Don't don't tell me I'm bored in the summer. Don't don't do that shit. Next is summer. It's more festive. We outside. Only thing I don't like is drinking in the heat. But if you're like a wine nerd like me, you know, like you switch to some Lambrusco in New York, you know, you might do that annoying chilled wine, natural wine bullshit. But, you know, like during the summer, you get more into your rosé. You get more into your spiked seltzers. You drink stuff you normally wouldn't drink throughout the year. That's, that's what I like about summer. And then also, like, everybody's outside and it's very... That's the that's the funny thing about summer is drinking. I feel like I feel like drinking is most socially acceptable in during the summer and the winter. And then it's like if you do that shit in spring, people just kind of look at you like, hey, you got to slow down, buddy. But, you know, it's, it's summer. It's like we outside. We having fun and all that spring. Least favorite time to drink. That's when that's when the new year feels like it's really started. Because for me, January and February just kind of feel like formalities for the calendar. But once it's March, it really feels like the new year has truly begun. Because like two months are already gone and you're like, God, what did I do with the first two months of the year? And like you either judge yourself or you, th- you feel like, all right, I'm making some good progress. And I think it's spring cleaning. I start feeling like, you know this is the time I need to slow down. This is the time I need to really lock in. Like I need to slow down with the fun stuff. I need to lock in with my business. Dry January and sober October, I think are easy. It's the November and December that's difficult. I like going cold turkey leading up to an event. You know, I like going cold turkey on alcohol leading up to something special. I want cold turkey on alcohol 
right up until a little before my birthday last year. The California wildfires did help, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm going easier on, on the stuff until Christmas Eve. I'm not going to act like I have a bottle of wine open that needs to be drank today. Like, I'm going to drink it and then leave it at that. <clears throat> so I'm not going to act like I'm not doing shit. But I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Let's keep it to the Fridays and the Saturdays and the Sundays. And if we can just keep it to maybe three days out the week, like, we'll, we'll be in a better position, you know, when uh, Christmas Eve Eve comes. Yes, I said Christmas. I, I know, like, it sounds good. Like, all right, I'm really going to be drinking during Christmas Eve. No, I'm doing it the day before Christmas Eve. Like, you got to break yourself in, you know. Especially after, like, if you do do dry January after, like, all the, after November, December of drinking, and then it, it comes February, I feel like you need to ease yourself in. You can't just... You can't go to your favorite go-to alcoholic beverage. But breaks are fun if you, like, connoisseur your way through being an alcoholic. I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic, though. I'd, I'd call myself somebody that's very fond of alcohol. But when you connoisseur your way through the alcohol, where it's like you can describe what you're drinking, the region it came from, and maybe you pay significantly more for it so you can mask your problem a little bit better. Even, even though after a while, it's like, all right, you just like paying extra to self-medicate. That's what I say when I look at myself. It's like, all right, Lyle, let's be honest. Like, you just, yeah, you're not slurring your words, but at the same time, it's like, you, you, <laughs> you're kind of like done for the night. <laughs> but that's that, that's what I'm doing this Excuse me, that's what I'm doing this December. I think also if you can abstain from alcohol, marijuana, shit, hell, even like, you know, like rich fatty foods or fast food or whatever your vices, sweets. I feel like if you can chill on your vices during a rough period in your life, it's going to be easier to abstain when you want to indulge just because you're bored or because you're happy and you want to add something extra instead of instead of just sitting in that happiness. I got a friend that got way too drunk one time and he said some out of pocket shit to me and some of my friends. And this was this was one of those during the pandemic. I had a few during the pandemic because, you know, like me, I was like careful throughout like the lockdown. But I had a few. Where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I just got to get out. And like, we're just going to do this. So we go out. And he says some out-of-pocket shit to me, some other people, but most importantly, he says some out-of-pocket shit to me, and that's what I care about. <laughs> so I take him outside to pull his card, and then he brushes it off. He's like, no, dude, like, I'm just like, and then the next day, he's all apologies, and he's like, dude, I'm sorry, I had too much to drink, you're right, I got too familiar, I apologize. And he told me, he's like, I just kept drinking, even when everybody stopped, I kept drinking, and I'm like, well, wow, why the fuck did you do that? And he tells me, that he keeps drinking when he's happy. And I understood that. I mean, cause it's, I didn't understand it at first. I'm like, well, I get it when you're bored. I get it to self-medicate or times are rough and you just need a drink to get the edge off. Or you had like a, a just a, a rough interaction with somebody and you're just like, God, I need a drink, but I don't get it. Like when you're super happy. And the more I thought about it, I totally fucking understood it. And I think when you become more content, with life when you don't need to have a cocktail or smoke a joint to make what's already a beautiful moment, a good moment, a great moment, even better, you have you have some more you have more fulfillment out of life. 
Like, I love looking at a nice view and having a drink. Because that's all wine country is really about. They pour you a glass of something, point, point towards some vines, and tell you you're drinking in the view. It's great. Like, you know, this right here. So this is our vineyard if you look all the way up there. And that is that is uh, some of our Cab Sauve uh, blended with our Merlot grapes and a little Petit Verdot. So you are drinking in the view right now. Enjoy. <coughs> and then they fucking shuffle off. Like people that work at wineries do, you're like, mm, mm, mm. and then you just look at the vines and you you look at the the bright sun or the sunset, and you're just like, ah, oh, this is nice. So there is nothing better than a view and a drink. But then you kind of start to go. I think I'm going to need this with everything. Like, I think every time I have, it's kind of like when you train a dog something and, the, and then the dog like does the trick. I don't know. I, I don't fuck with pets. But it's, it, it's like a, it's like a kind of muscle memory thing. Like I remember being in Hawaii, looking at this beautiful view and then thinking I could go for a Mai Tai right now. You know what would make this view better is a Mai Tai. Like, yeah, it's this sun. that's this beautiful mix of like, orange red you know burgundy and the blue and it's like you can still it's that perfect time like you go to hawaii you go to the tropical island it's that perfect time of the sunset where it's like the you still see the clear blue water but then the sun is doing this like beautiful thing that like it'll do like in like a la movie where it's like oh my gosh it's, it's fucking great and i just remember really really wanting a mai tai in that moment then I'm like, you have this beautiful woman that's physically in the tail end of her prime. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know I had to do it, nigga. You know I had to do it. All right, no, no, no. But uh, I, mean, I meant that, though. You have an amazing sunset. You have lush green mountains and water. What the fuck do you need a sugary, fruity, alcoholic beverage for right now? Because I think when you do that, when times is good, you can overdo it when times is boring or dark. I don't think dry December should be a thing. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be around a bunch of motherfuckers just trying to be sober during the holidays. Like, that doesn't sound very fun for me or a lot of society. I, and, and like I said, I personally love going to a bar on Christmas Eve or right after Thanksgiving. And then even right after, right after Thanksgiving, uh, I, I love doing it before and after. And I think it's because I like the vibe. The vibe is better because people still want to be around people, but you're not around people you don't like. Does that make sense? Like, I think the vibe is better because you're around people. Finally, where it's like, okay, you may not know all these people, but you're just around people that it was like mandatory that you're around them. Did I say that right? I said that right. Because that come down after a big holiday dinner or event can kind of feel sad, too. You're around all these people and they're like, well, and this is whether it's a holiday party. This is whether it's a holiday dinner. You're around all these people and they're like, OK, this is such and such. Meet my significant other. Oh, this is my cousin that's in town from here. This is this person. This is that person. And then it's like you you can almost feel like intoxicated off the, the social interaction. And then you go back home and it's just you. Or it's just your one roommate that you don't really talk to a lot. And, you know, let me say, this is one of the benefits 
of living with a significant other, the social come down can hit very hard when it's just you by yourself after, you know, being around people for like a holiday thing, especially if other shit in your life isn't right, you know? So we hit a bar. That's why hitting a bar is, is fun during the holidays. You know, that's why I think, that's why I think people are actually kind of on their best behavior and their better energy at bars during the holidays. The other thing I see with holidays and holiday drinking is every person I know that isn't like a rat pack type drinker, you know, where they're like, because they're those types of drinkers where it's, it's like, and I consider myself one of them where, you know, you, you have rules with it. You're like, well, I'm not having a drink. Like, it's like, what time is it now? Like, it's literally 349 as I record this. <clears throat> I would not have a drink at no fucking 349 on a Tuesday. Like, I'm not doing that. But I'm like, so five, six, yeah, I guess we could do one. Seven, okay, yeah, yeah, we can indulge. Okay, okay, you know, and then next thing you look up and you had two bottles of wine, you had four glasses of scotch, or you had two beers and maybe two whiskeys, and this is just at the house, you know, and you're not slurring your words, you're feeling good, and it's just, it just kind of like really, really becomes routine. Like, I'm not talking those types of people. I'm talking the type of people where they're regular. <laughs> I see those people often hit a wall with the drinking. And you know what? Actually, let me say, I even see some of us Rat Pack type drink drinkers hit a wall with the drinking. Because the winter is, I think, the one time a year where we're fine just kind of sipping all day like Don Draper. Because we fight, because we find kind of similar to the summer, you find a drink that you normally wouldn't have throughout the year. I remember for me, it was um, it was 2015, and I'm living in LA, and I just got through my fucking uh, just got through like my first real breakup, like, or I'm going through my first real breakup, like 25 years old, and I'm hanging out uh, with Will his wife and then i like i was like working all night the night before and then as soon as i get in i crash everybody's asleep then i wake up in the middle of the night and then i get handed this warm drink from will's wife it smelled it smelled fruity it smelled boozy it was herbaceous it was amazing i take a sip and i'm like what is in this it is jameson Warm spiced apple cider and orange juice. I was in fucking heaven. You know the story. Oh, and I named it a Gone Till November. So we drink like, hey, let me get one of them Gone Till Novembers. And then through like, from like January, I mean, from, excuse me, from November to like January 7th or 8th, I was just fucking knocking those back. I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is what we drinking throughout the holidays. And it's and other people, it's like it'll be like you, there's a scotch you just drink throughout because it's cold, or, or you, there's like some sort of like seasonal IPA that you get really deep into. But this is the type, this is the type time of year where it's like, oh, we can just we can just drink this. We can just like keep sitting. It's like other people, it's um, I I fucking hate eggnog, but some people it's eggnog. And you know, I knew I was like crazy and had to chill on it. Because I was still drinking it in January. I got to be like, yeah, it was good. And I'm walking around with like a warm thing of, like, of Jameson spiced apple cider 
and like two teaspoons of orange juice. I'm like, what's happening? You know what time it is? It's like, damn, he's yeah, we having smoothies now, nigga. Like, he's, they're like, all right, all right, let me let me put this down. <laughs> oh, you gotta know when to let go of the Baileys. And I think if you're somebody who likes to have a good time, you know, this time of year is a difficult time, can be a difficult time to manage the alcohol consumption. I think it can get difficult because this is the time of year that everybody's fucking horny. Everybody is extra horny in the winter. Oh, actually, could I also say like this whole narrative about um before before like I unpack, let, let me take a quick sidebar to unpack uh this whole the myth of it's big dude season. It's not big dude season. It's nobody's looking for a bunch of fat fucks. No women are like, oh, was, all right, now I'll fuck a fat nigga. No, it is not that. It is not big dude season. It is this the type time of season where it is socially acceptable. For an in-shape, fit, skinny, or even medium-sized man to put on some extra pounds. That's all it is. This is not the time of year where obese niggas is getting a bunch of pussy. This is... I've, we got to put that out of our head because it's like... I don't want to be like, it is not socially acceptable to be that size. Because I'm one of those... Like, I don't fat shame. I think people should come in all different types of sizes. I've... If you've known me in the last, you know... 10 years you've seen my weight fluctuate so like i don't i don't like speaking on other people's weight but that's just a myth that i just want to dead right there it is no it's just like oh this is the time oh my man's got a little extra fluff oh i got a little extra fluff oh let's let our fluff touch but it's not the time he and then like in like january you start to you start to tighten up but no like I, i i don't know i just fucking hate that narrative i probably also just hate it because it's like well it's not like i'm like you know I'm I'm on the bigger side of the street, and it's not like a, a pussy is just knocking at my door this time of year. Like, oh, you know, like <laughs> the rest of the year is my slow season, but for those two months, I got a lot of holiday work pussy. Like, it don't work like that, nigga. <laughs> my goodness, um, everybody's extra horny during this time of year, though, during the holidays, and you won't like my reason for it. Here's why you're horny this type of year. It's because of your families. All right, thanks for listening. I'm just not fired. Everybody is extra horny when they alone and have more intimate reminders that they're alone. You know, I'm not trying to imply that people want to fuck their relatives. I'm not trying to be like, yeah, that one cousin is your age, kind of attractive. Yeah, you kind of want to fuck your aunt. Yeah, you know that one... Uh, you know that family friend that you just shouldn't look at like that, but you start feeling it? Yeah, it's because you've always wanted... I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to imply. I'm not trying to imply that. I'm saying holiday dinners really remind you how alone you are. And I'm not even talking bringing like a significant other or somebody that you're dating to a holiday dinner. You know, I'm not even talking about that. Like, that's part of it. That's when women will get all lonely and want to cuddle, buddy. But we'll get into that later. But if you have nobody in your rotation, nobody to tipsy at the table text, the holidays will remind you of that and just make you more horny. 
and stressed out and sad and more horny. This is like the this is the time of year where I think even women are kind of capable of turning into like incels a little bit. Like I'm fucking angry. I'm not fucking. It's like the, the holidays will do that. Well, and Valentine's Day for women. Um, because the thing is with the holidays and like your family is. You can feel like you're around so many people and so much love and still and still feel fucking alone at the same time. That's and that's part of the everybody's stressed during the holidays. You know, this time of year everybody gets stressed out. Yeah, there's like se- holiday seasonal depression. That's I think that's part of it. It's like you're horny and alone. Now to the women that uh, now to, to to the lonely women. This is the time of year young, inexperienced fellas need to be careful. This is the time of year certain women will want a warm body, somebody to do shit with, maybe ice skating or something. Some foreplay, some kissing, but no sex. This is the time of year mean bitches will use the goofy niggas as a human seasonal allergy medication. They allergic to being alone when everybody is cuffed. So they'll look for a desperate guy or another lonely soul to keep them company. Only difference is they cool off the sex and you need the sex. And yes, men, we have our own versions of this, but it's year round. And we talking about the holidays right now, bitch. Okay, so don't be like, well, you guys feel it too. We ain't fucking talking about that. This is also the time of year when women will be like, I'm not closing out the year on that whack dick being my last of the year. My ex can no longer be the last person that was inside of me. Because one thing about women, like women want to defuck whatever whack dick or toxic niggas was inside of them. And it don't work like that, but it does if you honestly believe it. It kind of can work like that. And, th- and then the being cold thing is why I think everybody's so horny. Being cuddled up is great when it's cold. Being cuddled up and horny is physical torture. And when I say cuddled up, I mean like there's nothing better when it's cold and you throw a blanket in, uh, you throw, a, like if you have a washer and dryer close, you throw a blanket in the dryer and the blanket's all toasty and you got the space heater going and it's super cold and you're watching the TV and you're fucking around on your phone. That is the best feeling. It's, it's a terrific feeling. <coughs> Excuse me. And then when you do it with somebody else, oh my God. But then when you're doing that alone, you're feeling that warmth, and you're horny. Oh, my God. Like, the worst thing is sitting in some warmth with a porn star heart on, some covers, and nobody to help you out but yourself. Same for women. It could even be worse for, for women. They got, like, a wet kitty. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like nothing they can do. Like, I, I take care of myself, and I know I bought myself 25 to 30 minutes. And some women need to take care of themselves three to five times. So it's like they just fucking there going and going and going and wearing their wrist out like a fucking heroin addict. Like that is that like that is it, it's cold and I'm keeping warm and I'm horny is like just it's fucking physical torture. It's this thing of warmth from the covers and the space heater. And then you, you go through your phone and it's less people being socially available to distract you. That just brings out that torturous horny. And that's why everybody's stressed and depressed this time of year, you know? Or that's some of why. I think some of the other stress is first off, we know 
excessive drinking and lack of sex can really fuck a young person up. And I know plenty of guys have tried to give themselves whiskey dick because you're just tired of your own body torturing you. You're like a doctor in the 1920s that would prescribe like cocaine for a toothache. You're like, all right, let me just keep getting, let me just keep getting drunk so my fucking dick goes down for once. <laughs> That's what kills me as a man, you know, is is how often I want to fuck a woman. I think that's why we like sports so much. Men that don't like sports, and some women, they like try to tell us that we gay because we want to see men make physical contact, and then we want to talk about how good these men are at making physical contact with other men. That's like a, a you know, like it was funny the first time, but really for me, it's a way to not think about fucking women. I watch a movie and I find an actress that has like four lines and I'm just like, oh, she's attractive. I want to lick her cheekbones. And I and I hate thinking that way. I hate thinking about sex, especially this time of year. And I really hate. I hate the way I really hate the way it consumes me. The other stress stuff is seeing relatives where it's a weird side beef. This aunt and that aunt. Somebody's trying to get somebody to rewrite a portion of a will. This person, like, these aunts don't like this uncle. Uh, these uncles don't fuck, you know, with this new guy that's in the in the picture. You know, you doing the hosting. Somebody's doing some bad cooking. And the truth is, the bigger the get-together, it can feel more stressful. And the smaller the get-together, it can feel more sad. And this kind of goes, like, this is kind of like a variation back to Chris Rock's married and bored, a single and lonely type thing. Because, I mean, it's also married and annoyed, married and stressed. It's like one thing niggas make jokes about is not having a girl during the holidays. So, like, yeah, I spent money on gifts. So I ain't got to do all that. And we did a pod about how much money you should spend on your girl last year. So I'll leave that. Sub- Go back to the episode with me and Rudy Ortiz if, if you want to hear about that. I really think niggas just like complaining about bitches. <coughs> but the thing with the holidays and how alone or not alone you may feel is... Like, I got one friend, and he's just, like, dreading Christmas. He's like, I am not looking forward to Christmas because my in-laws are flying out. And my mother-in-law is such a pain in the ass. And I'm like, wow, what's she do? And then he's like, well, she acts like she's coming out to see us for the kids. But really, like, she's like, fucks around with the kids for, like, you know, a few days, a few hours. And then she's like, all right, I want to go somewhere. I want to be entertained. Can you, can you guys drive me somewhere? Uh, what's about this? Hey, take me to this attraction. And it's just like, oh, I just don't have time for that. And then it, it's that stress of, like, you feel like you're kind of somebody's chauffeur, your guardian. And there are, there are those older people and certain relatives where they get around and... I don't want to necessarily say it's like they're expecting a butler or they want you to wait on them hand and foot, but there's this real, like they need a very curated experience while they're visiting you. It's like hosting the dinner, maybe staying at their place. That's not enough. They need more. So yeah, this time of year, man, this is, is like, I think this time of year is beautiful if you're in love. That is like the I think about all the times I think about like my best winners that I've had 
And cause you know, like the last time I, I spoke to I spoke to my dad before he passed was last time we spoke was Christmas Day. So it's like, oh, this is and then so every time it's Christmas Day, I'm like, it is something and something teen years since I last talked to my father. Great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Christmas just like it's got this little extra sting for me. And I think and for me, the like I think about like my favorite times during the holidays, you know, it's like obviously like, you know, a good gift, a good bottle of something. I've had good bottles of whiskey, I've had good bottles of wine. Like you watch a movie, like you, you put on a Godfather, you put on American Gangster. And that kind of, you know, can take you out of it for a second. But you know, you still thinking about like, you know, the shit. And, and you know, you know, some say like you know holidays are for the kids. Grow the fuck up, like what? What the fuck is for me? I hate adults to say like oh, because I'm just picturing some like fucking like first generation father that works with his hands berating me. Because what I'm essentially getting at is like yeah, the holidays are like kind of really only fun if you if you have love or you have somebody in your life. I'm just picturing like ah, get the fuck over it. It should be. Shut the fuck up and drive a cab. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I feel like what's the what's the point of life if like nothing is for you? I mean, so what? Your birthday is just for you. But then, like that, I feel like that same type of like guy that I'm describing also also feels like you should only celebrate your birthday with milestones. This is a certain type of like older man that we know, where it's like holidays are for kids. And the only, like, after your 18th birthday, the only birthdays that should be celebrated are 21, uh, 25, I don't know, because it's a number thing, 30, um, 40, 50, like, you just really celebrate your birthday every 10 years, and then maybe something like, well, this is when you get social security, so you can have a good birthday, you know, like, (laughs) This stupid. Oh, you got married last year. Uh, you, you just got a family. Okay, you got to celebrate your birthday now. Yeah, yeah, and you got to pay for everybody. <laughs> no, but I mean, for me, like, I really like. I think about my favorite holidays. It's been when I had a main squeeze, and we would go to some strip where we'd look at the Christmas trees. You know, it's like you go to you go to fucking. Walnut Creek, you know, look at the trees. You go to uh, San Jose, you go to like Santana Row, look at the trees. There's this like little, during Christmas, there's like this um, drive you can do in Alameda where like Alameda gave the city like a, a certain budget, like actual residents are like, yeah, deck your shit out. I see why Alameda don't want no niggas around. They're like, look, this is the North Pole. Like, no wonder like the cops are so fucking mean there. But anyways, like that makes it feel more like like it makes it feel more festive when you when you have somebody to share with. I don't you know, like the thing I'm I'm like really trying to unpack right now is I do feel like there are times in the year where like I wanna be with like and this is even when I've been in a relationship where it's like during the winter I've just been so glad I have somebody. It's like, oh, we do a gifts exchange, we cook together, we drink together. Oh, we kiss when the ball drops. Yay, I have somebody. 
And then, like, when it's, like, spring and summertime, I want to be single. Like, I just kind of want to, like, just do my own thing and, like, you know, like, hey, can we, like, check in, take a break and, like, fuck other people? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the weather. I think it's a mixture of the weather and the collective feeling of society that just has me, like, all right, this is where we at. This is where we at. And, you know, and, and can I say, I don't know how much meme culture is to blame for shit like this. Because I feel like meme culture has influenced what a whole generation of men and women want to be on. First off, I don't like how, like, new slang is kind of more comes from memes instead of the streets. Someone would be like, hey, nigga, memes is the streets. Stay woke, nigga. Like, someone would probably say that to me. But I do miss when, like, because you know what it is? Everybody sees a meme. And it's like, I don't like when some new slang comes out. And then I'm using the same slang as somebody that ain't black. I'm just going to say it. I don't, like, I don't like that shit. I'm like, <laughs> when you take a, if you like using the same slang as me at the same time. Now, thank, like, thankfully, that doesn't often happen because like I'm still like a hip 31 year old hood nigga. But when that does happen, I fucking hate it. Anyways, yeah, man, this is a real boozy, horny, stressful time of the year. Just wish you the best. This is, was this a positive holiday episode? I don't know. Is this, this is, this is like a precursor of a holiday episode, but yeah, this is whatever, this is what I think, why we like this during the holidays and wish you the best through it. So two things I saw recently. One, the Will Smith movie where he plays Venus and Serena's dad, King Richard. Good movie. You know, it's it's uh, it's one of those sort of like sports coach parent movies. It's kind of got like the tone of Moneyball. And it's Will Smith in a place I like to see him, even though I, I kind of think he brought some like leftover Ali stuff to the movie. This is a place I like to see him. Because I think with Will, I think what happened... And I don't know if people are turned off from the movie a little bit. Just because we're getting so much Will and Jada TMI. <laughs> just kind of like... Because there were there was moments where I'm, I'm watching King Richard. And, you know, he's, he's doing something on screen. And I'm just kind of like, hmm, I wonder if this is the day the entanglement shit came out. Hmm, I wonder if this is a day when, like, they talked on the phone and Jada just, like mention pop casually too many times like and then i just start thinking about fucking jada just ruining this nigga's life <laughs> you know and like and then like will has the book coming out and then and like now we know about him like will like you know like i would i was having so much sex i wouldn't want to orgasm and when i orgasm i would throw up <clears throat> you know <laughs> it's like damn do i need to know all this like it is and it makes you think about, you know, people like, you know, somebody like a Denzel who doesn't put a lot of his personal life out there. So when you see him on screen, you're just kind of like, all right, he's got a son that was played football and acts and has been married to his wife, Pauletta, and he boys and girls club and Fordham basketball. And he was addicted to heroin as a teenager. And that's his life. And then you can just it's like, OK, I know these things about Denzel because like with your actors, like you want to know some stuff about them. But you don't want to know too much. You don't want to know every bad thing that happened throughout their marriage or whatever. So it's 
you know, I will say like I was like that did cross my mind a few times when I was watching King Richard. But that said, it was it was uh, it was good. It was exactly what I expected is the type of movie where it's like I probably wouldn't watch it again because it's just kind of like, you, you know, how the well, you already know, like how the story ends up. But it's like, you know, it's like one of those movies where it's like it's a lot of emotional stuff to go through. And it's not necessarily a world I want to like like girls tennis isn't really like a world I want to live in. You know, it's like, yeah, I kind of like, I'll go back to the mafia. Like I'd like to live in that world. Yeah. I'll go to, I'll rewatch body of lies with Russell Crowe and Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to be in the middle East with drones and, and guns and terrorists. I don't mind going back to that world, but like girls, it's not really a world I want to revisit, but nonetheless is real good. I think Will Smith and John Bernthal uh, are definitely going to get some Oscar nominations or get nominated for something. Well, Will obviously is, you know, and I think if Will does win like an Oscar, it is, we're going to go through like a sort of like hot take Will Smith appreciation, you know, like with Master P, like we kind of went through like black Twitter and all that. We went through, I, I, I'm i sure I tweeted something about it. We're like, Master P is the only nigga to sell drugs, start a record label, play in the NBA, rap, star on his own TV show, be in movies, and a nigga sold hot chips. He lived every black man's dream. And, you know, we like, we do those like sort of hot take appreciation posts. I think that that sort of thing kind of started when Ray J went on hot nine seven and he explained how Ray J is a legend. And it didn't just stop at Kim Kardashian. He was like, he was, it was something like he was the first blood on record and some other stuff. And you know, he, he got the breakfast club popping like some other shit. And then, and I think like, and that's like a real ESPN first take kind of way. Like, let me tell coming up next, here's why, you know, here's why Drew Holiday is the number one defensive, da, 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 and coming up next, here's why, and then it's just some hot, because they got to fill the air, and somebody's got to have, like, some take so people can argue about it and post about it and make money off it, and I think, like, that kind of became a thing in our culture, like, with uh, with that, but I will say, like, if Will, Will gets the, the Oscar and has a Grammy and, a, you know, I, I think like, you know, we're going to go through like a Will Smith appreciation unless he, unless they fuck it up by telling us some stuff we don't want to know. I'm going to say one thing with Will is I like seeing, I think they're like two Will Smiths I kind of want to see now. Cause I think Will Smith, like he just kept going back to that sci-fi, I'm going to save the world type thing. Or he do that type of movie where it's like, like a kind of he's like the lead in an ensemble and he's like kind of saving the world you know or he's saving the world that's around him he's like a, a sort of um i don't want to call it a black savior movie i don't want to call it a magical negro movie but he's kind of playing like the they're like, like these types of movies that movie stars will do where it's like i am the I'm the divine thing that brings these people together and I'm I'm gonna like just fix people spiritually, if that makes it you know, God complex movies. You know, like like Will did a few of those. And for me, like you know, like yeah, I enjoyed Men in Black and I Robot and I Am Legend, and those are all great movies, and Hancock was fucking weird, you know. Even though like I still watch Hancock if like if it comes on, if it's on a streaming service or if it's on TV, I'll check it out. Like in a hotel, like, oh shit, yeah, let me see Will Smith fly through the air and just be drunk. Like this is kind of fun. Even though I don't think it's like a I don't think it's like, you know, a good movie per se. 
The two types of Will Smiths I like are when he's like the dad and when he's like this, you know, kind of like charming, funny, he's flirting with some girl. Cause it's like, that's like the will. Cause like, and he's kind of doing like a, a more grown man version of what he did on Fresh Prince. You know, let me go have some honeys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like one of my favorite Will Smith performances is Hitch. Like it's far from like being a movie that I love. It's super cliche. It's cheesy. You know, I don't know if it, and now it's kind of corny. It's like, it's like, but you know what? Like, can I say like, I kind of like the more I know about like tech guys and guys that just kind of like work their ass off for, like throughout school and never learn how to talk to women and kind of like the way they go through life is they'll pay a specialist. They're like, I will pay this person to get me in shape. I will pay this person to help set up my home. I'll pay a task rabbit. I will pay this person to decorate my home. And it's like, I will just pay people because I know how to make money. So, like, the concept now, like, a nigga paying somebody to, like, go help women holler. <laughs> Basically, like, I'm going to teach you how to holler at bitches. Like, it's kind of, you know, it, it feels more like, like, just with, with knowing how, like, techie millennials are. I'm like, I don't know. This feels, like, a little more realistic now. Hitch 2. Let's do it. Um, But, yeah, like, I like that type of performance because it's Will, like, it's what we liked about Fresh Prince, but, you know, more contained. And then what I like is I like him when he's like the the father that like pursuit of happiness. It's like, all right, let me just kind of figure this thing out. Cause I think those are the, are the two Will Smiths. I think like there's the him and like Hitch or Focus, where you know he's probing, he kind of knows everything. He's funny. And then there's the Will Smith where it's like, you know, he's I mean, especially now with the stuff we're finding out in his book. It's like he has he's had moments where he's felt like a coward. He feels he fears failure. He fears going out like a bitch, you know, or whatever his definition of that is. And I I like seeing, I'm not saying like I want to see those in the same character, but I'm like, those are the places that I like that he lives. And now just knowing more, I'm like, do I really want, like, I have enough movies of him like running from like some zombies or some aliens or killing something. Or, it's like, like, do we really need that? You know, like, do we need more of that? It's like the line on under the next one when Hope said, like, you know, niggas what niggas complain about my new shit. Like something about go buy my old music, you know? Like if you want my old shit, go buy my old music, you know. I don't know. I, I just like to see I like to see uh Will do shit like this. Another thing just saw is um True story on Netflix with Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. I was skeptical because like the 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 cover art or the movie, the miniseries poster, whatever it is, it looked like a fan. It looked like a mock-up. Like you see these things, like all these like fake Kobe Bryant documentaries, and people are like, yeah, it's coming. And I'm like, I don't think there's a Kobe Bryant documentary in the works on Netflix. I think I think uh y'all making shit up. But it looked like that. It looked like the art like looked kind of cheap. And I was like, but I saw people posting about it like, Kevin Hart is so great. But it's like, it's also like people, it's certain people that are like rave about like a series or a movie. And I'm like, you, I don't trust you niggas taste when it comes to cinema. I don't trust you. Yeah. So, but I'm like, let me check it out. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch another episode. All right, I'll watch another episode. And then next thing you know, like in two days, I finished like the seven episode series with him and Wesley Snipes. And a lot of people are like, wow, Kevin can really act. Kevin can really act. It's if I'll tell you what it part of it. 
Kev basically kind of plays Aaron Hernandez. And I'm, I'll leave it at that. He kind of basically plays Aaron Hernandez, like, to a degree. One thing about the series is, um, well, first, can I just say, like, I like this older Wesley Snipes we're getting. I want more Wesley Snipes in my life. I liked when we got Wesley Snipes. I mean, because he did shit, but it's like shit you just know you're not going to watch. I saw him in Brooklyn's Finest when he got out of prison for the tax shit. I'm like, okay, he's with Antoine Fuqua. He's with Ethan Hawke. Like, okay, I'm with this. Like, New York. You know, drug dealer, but it's like it's it's not Nino, but it's definitely a dialed down version of Nino. But it's like okay, I like this. Then we get him again in what was the next thing I saw? Probably like years later in um, my name is Dolomite. I'm like wow, like Wesley's like Wesley could do the comedic shit, and then the Coming to America sequel, which wasn't good, but Wesley obviously came to play ball in it i'm like oh shit like we need then i see him in this and now i'm just like you know what like can we just get more wesley snipes he's too old to be an action star so now it's like he's like this kind of like funny shady like he's wesley's always good at playing like a guy that's like kind of snaky where it's like you know like if you go to the bathroom he's gonna say some shit to your girl he wouldn't say in front of you like wesley's always good at playing that type of character and then now that he's older it's there's something like there's just something new about it. I don't know. I like it. But the true story series, like it, I was able to just get into it because I'm like, it, it, it's dark shit. It's Kevin Hart, you know, when he's yelling, it's for dramatic effect and not comedic effect. And I wouldn't say it's great because like the inciting incident that that happens, I knew like right when I saw it, and I, I'm like, all right, I know, I know what's gonna happen. I know who did what. I know. I know the setup. I know the plot. Like, I got it. And it, I, the thing that I just wanted to see was how they were going to wrap it up, which is why I went through it in two days, and I wanted to talk about it on here. But it was like, okay, I'm, I'm still along for the ride. Like, you know, it's still, it's, it's like, it's a good miniseries. Like, it was, it was missing some stuff that, like, I think if, like, HBO did it, I think there'd be more emphasis on the cinematography like they would make they like make Philadelphia really feel like its own world, kind of like if you watch like the Night of, it's like ooh that really feels like a certain type of New York. But I, I didn't get that, you know. There's also like the predictable plot, and I'm like, all right, I see this shit coming. And I didn't see it coming because I'm so fucking smart. I'm such a great writer. I just saw it because I watch enough TV and movies, and I'm just like, I just know how this goes. I don't know. Can, can, should I do a spoiler right now? All right, you know, you know what? I'm gonna do a spoiler right now. One, two, three. If they really cut up the body, there would have been fucking blood. There would have been blood all over the place. Like, you, you can't dismember a body at the four seasons. You're going to dismember a body at the four seasons when there's all that fucking DNA left in there. I was like, there's no fucking way that this, that this shit worked. That this shit was going to work. Okay. Spoiler over. What's funny is I know you niggas don't even really care. You're like, ah, I don't tell me what happened. I might check it out. But anyways, it was fun. Uh, comedic actors in dramatic roles is really... Because, you know, like, I... this may be weird. I don't like watching comedians do comedy, do like, on, on screen. Because I feel like it's always kind of overreached. Like, I look at a show like Insecure. And, I mean, I think it's good that they have, like, comedians in, like, the smaller roles. 
But I do kind of wonder, like, if Issa Rae was actually, like, a stand-up comedian, like, would the show be as good? Like, if Lawrence was actually, like, a stand-up comedian, would the show be as good? Like, I don't know. These these are things I wonder. Because I look at, like, kind of every comic I can think of that was, like, really good on screen. And it was when they did something that was, it was dramatic. You know, like, I like Kevin Hart, like, this may be my favorite Kevin Hart that I've ever seen, like, uh, in movie TV form. And I'm like, yeah, it's dramatic. And I think about, like, I remember I used to hate Anthony Anderson in all those small roles because you're just too loud. And just, I, I just, I wasn't a fan of him in Barbershop. I was just, it was just a lot of shit I didn't like him in. And then when I saw him in Hustle and Flow where he's dialed down and he's playing like an actual person, that that's a, also a personal, like, tasting of me, of mine. It's like, I like watching like actual human beings on screen and not like caricatures. But I'm like, yeah, I like him in Hustle and Flow. And I'm sure, like, that's how he got, like, The Departed. Like, I'm sure Marty was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, let's, let's get him for this role, you know. He'll be able to do it, you know. And he got him for that. Uh, no, but, like, Chris Rock, for example. Like, Chris Rock, like, I think, like, I think, like, Chris Rock's best acting was probably his Pookie New Jack City. Even even though, like, everybody was kind of, New Jack City is a real over-the-top movie with a lot of over-the-top acting. I think like he was in his best at that. Also, it was the crack epidemic, so it was like easy for him to draw from that. But then I, I even look at like the stuff of Chris Rock's that like I still like go back to watch. Like like if CB4 is on, like CB4 is like real dated. And it's not like I would say it's a great movie, but so I'm like you know what I'll, I'll, I'll go hang out in this like early '90s hip hop world. Like yeah, let me hang out here. You know, uh, top five I think is the best thing he's ever done because he had so many other other funny people in there and like it's like it's a very it's very much a Barack Obama era movie like it really feels like Obama's America in the movie like there's like a little bit of a little political correctness in there but there's also some wild shit in there and it's like yeah this feels like this feels like a I, I like going back to that time simpler times you know I think Chris Rock like Chris Rock's career apex I feel like is 1999 you know, it's like 1999 is like 96 is when everything came together with the bring the pain. But I feel like 99, he had um, he had the bigger and blacker special. And I think he was very much America's consciousness. He was like the conscience of Bill Clinton's America. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like he's smart. He's foul mouthed, And like he felt like kind of he felt edgy for the time, kind of. And. I say 99, so it's like he did that. And Chris Rock could have like hosted the Oscars way before he did. And I think it's good that he didn't because he's like, I have all my life to kind of be the elder statesman and hang out in the suit and, and hang out in the tuxedo and, and talk to movie stars. It's only so long in my life that I could be the young guy and wear some shiny shit and make fun of Eminem and the NSYNC and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and like be at the fucking VMAs. It's only so long I can do that. And I think it's good that he got his uh he got his fucking VMAs and like young people shit in, you know. But I, but yeah, I, I look at that. It's like all right, he's pop. Co- yeah, I think like '99 was Chris Rock's best is his uh his best season. But anyway, Richard Pryor too. Blue collar, blue collar is like a really really. F- fun and when i say fun i mean it's like it's fun if you like if like you like shit like serpico dog day afternoon 
you know, Mean Streets. If you like that, like a real kind of like gritty 70s movie, like even even when you look on screen, it feels dirty. That's what I like about 70s movies, because like when you look at when you look at like an 80s movie, it's like everything feels clean. You look at a movie from like, you know, the 60s or the 50s, everything feels clean. But the 70s and late 60s is the one time I look on screen. Everything feels like kind of dirty. But yeah, it was a dramatic movie. Richard Pryor. Fucking great in it, you know. I think the reason comedians do so well with dramatic material and why I think like we're comics are like just a lot better on screen when working with dramatic material. I mean, you have your exceptions where some people like they're, they're better with the comedy than like drama, like, you know, but I think one reason for it is I feel like there's this thing where you're always kind of looking for the joke and you're looking for the comedic rhythm you're looking for your da, 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 like whatever your rhythm is like if you're signing for you look like da, 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 like like you get a little too into the musicality of it and slipping jokes in and i think if you just like playing a real person and it's dramatic and you just let the jokes happen naturally like no this is how the character would joke i think it makes for a, a better experience i don't know like like as a comic i really don't like watching comedy you know i don't because to me, like, the funniest shit that happens is in a dramatic moment. Like, I'm not one of these people where I'd call The Sopranos a comedy. But I think The Sopranos is most funny when, um, you know, is when it's drama and just like, oh, this person would fuck up this word. Oh, this person would ask that question in a tense situation. That's when I think, like, the best comedy is. Anyways, um, yeah. Yeah, those are if you uh, if you got a few hours you want to kill with something instead of reading or, or uh, learning a, a skill, recommend those two for you. <laughs> this has been the Let's Unpack That podcast. I've been your host, Lyle Barrens. Thank you very much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. And honestly, I wish you the best through any bullshit that you may go through during the holidays. I hope you clap some cheeks. I hope you're not super stressed. I hope you're not super depressed. Uh, if you need to be alone, be alone, nigga. If you don't want to be alone, hope some shit works out. And, you know, this, you know, this too shall pass. Yo, why am I talking to my audience like they fucking... Like they fucking sad as me and they going through bullshit like I You know, you niggas are probably happy right now. Like, oh yeah, nigga, yeah, holidays turn up, nigga. We out here. Yeah, we doing it. My bad. You know what? I, I apologize for and yo, and, and let let my outro right here be a message to how much motherfuckers deflect and think that like you going through the same shit that they going through. That's a bull it's like, yeah, nigga, let's turn up, let's drink, yeah. Everything good. We about to crush December, nigga. We don't give a fuck, nigga. We on. Alright, see that's alright. That's how I need to start talking to the world. <laughs> we out.